Good morning, and welcome, uh, at least in virtual form, to the Cato Institute's uh, 2021 Surveillance Conference. Uh, the fact that we're doing this virtually, I think, is an illustration of how much, uh, even more than ever before, uh, we are now reliant on network communications to uh, socialize, to work, uh, to study, um, to do all the activities of life that uh, have now shifted more than ever uh, to this kind of virtual form. And that makes issues of digital civil liberties and surveillance um, perhaps more pressing than ever before. So I'm very excited about the program we have uh, lined up today where we'll explore uh, the increasing uh, role and influence of the surveillance industrial complex of private sector firms doing uh, traditional intelligence work of uh, surveillance of students by schools in an age of remote learning, about the critical importance of anonymity to flourishing online free speech, um, among a number of other things, including what uh, uh, should be a, a pretty interesting live Internet of, hacking, uh, Internet of Things hacking demonstration uh, this afternoon, which I hope uh, folks will stick around for. Um, but to kick us off, I am beyond thrilled to be able to welcome back uh, to the Cato Institute uh, the uh, probably foremost champion of privacy and uh, civil liberty in the United States Senate, uh, the senior senator from uh, the great state of Oregon, uh, who's held that post for, for some 25 years um, and has been just an absolutely consistent champion of privacy and individual rights against uh, a consistent drumbeat of claims that uh, we can be made safer and more secure if only uh, uh, we will surrender a little bit more of our privacy. Um, he is uh, continuing that proud tradition by sponsoring the Fourth Amendment is Not for Sale Act, which is designed to uh, limit the circumvention of traditional warrant requirements by use of private data brokers. It gives me really incredible pleasure to be able to welcome Senator Ron Wyden. Julian, thank you. and. <clears throat> Thank you in particular for continuing at Cato and your organization to prosecute the case in a bipartisan way, because that's what we really need. Now, I do want to make one point before we get to the topic in hand, the Fourth Amendment is not for sale. Given the allegations that have come out about Customs and Border Patrol surveilling and spying on journalists, I have called for the Inspector General to give an unredacted report on these allegations, for Congress to do a full investigation into the uh, matters that have been raised. And I believe now it's time for Congress to pass my journalist shield law so that journalists have protection when they call the facts as they see them. So with that, let's get off to the races on the Fourth Amendment is not for sale. As you know, this is about the government using its credit card to erase the constitutional rights of Americans. And Rand Paul, Steve Daines, and Mike Lee have joined me in this bipartisan bill to end a outrageous end run on the Fourth Amendment. But 
Majority Leader Schumer, Judiciary Chair Nadler, Chairman Leahy, Senator Warren, and a host of other Democrats joined in this effort, which is why, Julian, I make the point about prosecuting this case in a bipartisan way. Now, this is one of the most important issues with respect to surveillance and uh, privacy, and it's being uh, fought on a new front, one that many Americans, including many in Congress, know virtually nothing about. Multiple federal agencies, including the Internal Revenue Service, the Department of Defense, the Department of Homeland Security, have purchased American data without any court oversight at all. Now, the heart of the problem, in my view, is the Electronic Communication Privacy Act, came from the 80s. It only protects data held by companies with whom consumers have a direct relationship. So we'd be talking about Google, Facebook, Apple, phone companies, AT&T, Verizon. They are all covered. These companies can only share our data, your data, with the government under a strict set of circumstances, which usually require a court order. This would include metadata. So while ECPA doesn't require a warrant for the government to demand our metadata, it does require a court order, uh, one that is easier to get, but still has to be authorized by an independent judge for disclosures of most metadata. So Congress in 86 strictly regulated government surveillance involving tech and telecom companies, at least those providing services to the public. It did nothing to prevent them from sharing your metadata with third parties. ECPA contained loopholes that allowed telecom and tech companies to share and sell to other companies metadata about the web pages we read, the apps that we download, and the places we go. Once a tech or telecom company sells our information to somebody else, it's basically open season. Data broker uh, gets this information, and that information is no protection under ECFA or the third-party doctrine. So shady middlemen. And these are, you know, people, you know, essentially above all kinds of regulation can sell our personal information to the government without any kind of court order. That's loophole one. Another is technology infrastructure companies aren't covered by ECPA. So when somebody uses Gmail, sends an email to a user of Yahoo Mail, that email will likely pass through several companies that own or operate fiber optic cable cell towers and internet exchanges. These infrastructure companies are also, also not covered by federal privacy law. So they can share or sell our metadata to the government. So you see the wide expanse of relevant agencies that are essentially in 2021 not covered by a law passed uh, in the uh, 80s. So this is something I've cared about for more than a decade. 
As a member of the Senate Intelligence Committee, I have access to classified information about the intelligence community, other parts of the government. And I'm able to see, and I want to emphasize this, this is another case, another case of what we've talked about over the years, Julian, I, Cato, others, secret interpretation of the law, secret, in order to legislate and conduct um, you know, oversight. But I'm often not able to reveal the details of what I've learned. So some of you remember the battle, the Orwellian interpretation of Section 215, the fight with uh, the NSA, the security agency. Part of the intelligence, Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, which uh, NSA used for years to obtain in bulk phone records about millions of Americans' communications, has long been a concern. The government has adopted a twisted ruling of the law and gotten the nation's top secret surveillance court to sign off on it. All this happened while the public was in the dark. Now, I'm a firm believer, and I've said this at Cato, that while it can be very necessary to keep the sources and methods of surveillance secret, the law and how the government interprets it should never be kept secret from the American people. So on this particular problem, companies selling, again, your data to the government, we're pushing on two fronts. First, we're uh, investigating uh, the sale of Americans' location data and have been since 2018. Our first target's been the phone companies, AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, and Sprint. And we caught them selling data to these sleazy data brokers that let prison guards and local law enforcement agencies track any phone in America without any kind of court order at all. Investigative journalists soon discovered the same data brokers were also selling location data to bounty hunters, used car salespeople, and would-be stalkers. Based on our work, and I really again want to commend the diligent, persistent work of journalists, the Federal Communications Commission find the carriers $200 million. And I do single out the journalists. Most folks know my dad was a reporter. He always said, you know, be persistent, follow up, journalists have in this area. And so we've had a win for consumers and their privacy, but now the wireless carriers are fighting the fines and arguing that they have the legal right to sell enormous amounts of their customers' data. Beyond wireless carriers, there are plenty of other corporations selling location data collected from American phones. The advertising technology industry has picked up the slack, so to speak. Tell you how this works. When you install a smartphone app, let's say a weather uh, app, and it asks you for permission to access your location data, third-party data brokers are able to piggyback on that permission and collect information from your phones which they go on uh, to sell. These data brokers <clears throat> typically pay app developers a fee for the data they go out and siphon off. In February of 2021, the Wall Street Journal report that Ventel, a shady data broker in Virginia, was buying location data generated from smartphone apps. They packaged it up for access <clears throat> through an easy to use website and sold access <clears throat> to government agencies for thousands of dollars a pop. Ventol has sold data to CBP, ICE, the DEA, 
than the IRS. So far, we've confirmed that the IRS and CBP have used the tool without any kind of court supervision. And they've used it to track Americans' phones. And just last week, <clears throat> I succeeded in pushing the utility companies to end their practice of letting data brokers sell their customers' private information to law enforcement agencies and private investigators. So this is a <clears throat> shameless end run, a shameless end run around the Fourth Amendment. These agencies would need a court order to obtain location data from AT&T and Verizon or from Google and Facebook, but they've just exploited the data broker loophole. And Ventil isn't the only company. There are several data brokers involved in this industry, and they are the target now of our ongoing oversight investigation. It is still not clear why these agencies have been able to get away with this, why they've been able to buy location uh, data from any source after the Supreme Court's Carpenter decision. The court didn't increase, this, didn't create a special exception to the Fourth Amendment for data brokers or allow the courts to bypass, allow the government to bypass the courts as long as they were out there using the credit card and paying for information. I've asked several government agencies for copies of the legal opinion they have been relying on to use this data without a court order. And I want people following this discussion to know we won't give up on this until we get some answers. These companies need to be shut down and Congress needs to step up to prevent the government from using a credit card instead of a warrant. That's really what this is all about in one kind of uh, policy. Now, friends shouldn't fill, filibuster friends. So I'm gonna just wrap up with a couple of points on how we end the shady practices. First, I really urge all of you to talk to your legislators about what Senators Paul and Daines and Lee and the majority leader and Chairman Nadler and Senator Warren and Chairman Leahy, what we're all talking about because we've got significant support for the Fourth Amendment is not for sale. Really pleased to have so many uh, organizations across the philosophical spectrum. Let's go get more. It would essentially ban the government from buying or otherwise obtaining information from a data broker that would otherwise require a court order. In my view, it is essential to prevent these data brokers from basically acting like termites and chewing through your constitutional rights, the framework of our basic fundamental rights as citizens. The past bill would be the strongest protection for Americans' privacy in a century. So I really urge all of you to mobilize, to get involved, urge your elected officials to pass the bill and put up a big win on the board for the Constitution. Second point, restoring a system that posts that puts our rights and freedom first is gonna take change across the government. Legislation must recognize that technology should empower individuals, not the state or major corporations at that individual's expense. Courts must rule based on the original values of the constitution and not these outdated ideas with uh, respect to what technology is all about. And the executive branch has to realize that all encompassing surveillance of our own people, whether by the NSA or purchase from a data broker is going to make our country less secure, 
and weaker when we want to be stronger and more secure. So vision that I have described uh, this morning is not going to be easy to secure. This battle has never been a walk in the park. And it isn't going to be done solely by political figures, politicians in Washington, D.C. I've always felt, and you can go back to our big, you know, battles, um, Pippa, Sopa, the list goes on and on. It's the early wins we got. <clears throat> Political change doesn't start in Washington, D.C. and trickle down. It's just the opposite. It's grassroots up. So Julian, Cato, look forward to joining you in these fights, these crucial fights, not just on the Fourth Amendment is not for sale, but on so many of these um, issues. And uh, I appreciate the chance to start the program and look forward to the day when we'll be back together and doing all this in, in person. I think that's something that has support across the political spectrum as well. Thanks, everybody. Thank you so much, uh, Senator Wyden. Uh, it will be uh, a pleasure to be able to have you back uh, uh, very soon uh, uh, in person uh, and uh, along with an audience. Um, Take care. Again, um, we will uh, uh, just gather our, our speakers for then our first panel, uh, starting in just a just a minute or two, um, which will uh, cover the uh, growing and ominous surveillance industrial complex and the question of uh, how much uh, intelligence work and surveillance work can be outsourced to private firms um, without undermining uh, vital principles of accountability and transparency. Um, We'll be back in just one minute. Thank you.